Uh, you there? Uh, yeah, I hear you loud and clear. Uh, you, hear, you hear me loud and clear. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, my, you sound sleepy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you, are you awake? <laughs> I awake. You awake? <laughs> yep, I'm awake. Yeah. I work and I feel. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I had something playing in my ears. Good morning to everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's so wonderful to to hear you and for some to see you. Yeah, I see Mama Bell over there with her her African garments on for this last day. Oh, that's right. I dressed up. Yeah, what she she got the 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 the, the one piece, you know, because she got that long one piece African dress. And it is from Africa, Joy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And don't worry to all the sanctified people; it goes all the way down to the to the ground. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. With, 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 with hanging the, with, out of my shoes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you don't have no holes hanging out. That's a sin. No holes hanging out. My toes, my toes. Uh, no, you don't do that either. That's oh, yeah, I got them hanging out. Oh, well, that's all right. That's all right. Missionary, <laughs> Missionary Jackson's going to rebuke you, but you'll be yeah, Okay, all right. She's going to rebuke you having them toes out. That's just... Mm. Just make sure them. Just make sure them stockings is, is security stockings. Oh yeah, I always have them stockings. Yeah, I can't yeah. Yeah, yeah. you gotta have them security <laughs> stockings. Them thick, thick security <laughs> stockings. <laughs> yes, indeed. I always got those. That's the Lord on my soul. Say one word. Say a thousand, but don't say one. Uh, well, we're glad to see y'all, hear you all this morning on this last day of uh, Black History. I, I I did something, Mama Bell, that I don't normally do, but I would like to testify that I made it out unscathed. I made it out alive. Yes. I turned on the news last week. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 I turned it on. I, I was trying to see what was going on, and uh, and uh, I was, uh, I was very uh, pleased with the reporting, I guess, because I didn't hang around it that long, so I didn't really, it won't really long enough to make me mad, but, uh, I would like for us to uh to uh really uh take our, our moment. I'm sure uh we're gonna have some words from various other people later on in the service in our time together, should I say, but tomato tomato about it. But uh it uh it's <laughs> it looks like I was sharing or discussing with a few of my friends who are uh, or people I know, I don't know what I, I don't know how I want to say it there, but 
who lace up the boots of, of justice, if you will. And uh, they, they've heard the rumblings. And Brother Guinness and a couple other people who join us, you, you know when those rumblings start happening, that means the big W.A.R. is on the way. And so uh, we ask for you to keep our men and women who who put their fingers on the Bible and their John Hancock on the dotted line. Uh, and not only that, but they were issued the boots of justice. We ask for you to keep them in your prayers as they are. Looks like they're heading out to to once again defend the fight of freedom. And then the people over there in Ukraine, they are, uh, it's just a mess over there. And Mama Bell, I opened an email today, or last night, and I was talking to First Lady about it because I was shocked and she heard me when I kind of went, oh, okay. And she she was kind of puzzled by why I said that, and I, I told her I just read an email from the governor of this state of Virginia, this commonwealth, if you will, of Virginia. And because it, the, 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 the title of the email, Mama Bell, said, Statement on Ukraine. Now, what about Ukraine? Statement on Ukraine. Statement on, oh, oh, okay. And so uh, I was curious because I didn't know what the governor of Virginia had to do with the international crisis. So I was curious. And I opened it. And knowing what his counterparts were saying as it pertains to that, I kind of opened it. That's why you can't judge a book by its cover, Mama Bell. Right. Because I opened it with the the mindset. I was already locked and loaded because I know what his counterparts was talking. And uh, when I read it, I read it through a couple times, and then I went back and reread it just to make sure that I read what I read, and then I went back and reread it just to make sure I read what I read that I read. And then I still wasn't sure, so about nine times I read it. Then I read the first lady to make sure that she read and heard what I read and I heard and I read. And in there, he made the statement, first of all, started that he was praying for Ukraine. And then it shocked me to realize how many foreign entities operate out of not only these states united, but right here in our own backyard. A lot of these manufacturing buildings and uh, companies and piping places, etc., uh, uh, etc., et uh, you see all these foreign names on them or these weird-looking names. A lot of them are international companies that are housed right here in our backyards, in our neighborhood streets, what have you. I've heard. And you're going to see 
in a few days, a lot of these companies get the padlocks put on them because the governor is seizing all operations between Virginia and Russia in connection with the president's sanctions. So, so in some instances, that's good, but you're going to have a lot of people that's going to be out of work around here, so keep that in your prayers as well. We have to keep those people in mind, and uh, we do in our prayers. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. So I gave you a lot to pray for this morning. It's, it's, a, it's a tough piece of business, and, and that's going to be the second piece of, of discussion at least for quite some time. And uh, other things to pray for, if anything, in Thanksgiving, is uh, about 25 of the 50 states uh, have fully removed all uh, regulations and mandates and what have you. And these are not just Republican states. These are... Democratic states as well, fully blue states, if you want to uh, identify them as that. And so, and the reason why they've done that is because they've looked at charts and protocols and went through all the different things. And the bottom line is that uh, we are just about turned the corner on this COVID. And so it'll be. And so we, well, you know, like. And so uh, I was going to respond to her. We're going to be nice today. <laughs> and so it's it's great to try to, as we pray, to figure out what the new normal is. And that is what the conversation is. What is the new normal? Because you didn't kept folk home for two and a half years, and they didn't got comfortable with it. Their lives is adjusted, especially these companies that have figured out that they can save 2 $3 by sending you home with a computer and an Internet connection. And so pray as we uh, learn. They'll talk about redoing education because now we have – so it's a whole piece of business that COVID has taught us. It's, uh, I, for those who feel like we're going back to normal, that's just not going to happen. There is no normal or the normal that we know is gone. So keep that in your prayers as well. And, and uh, that being said, Mama Bell, I'm a – Move out the way you have something you want to say, and then you're going to play for us, and then oh, Brother Dennis is going to do his piece of business, and then we'll move on with today's service. Oh, I oh I'm going to I just want to say that this is only for us and for the people in. Uh,
Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's uh, morning. <clears throat> months almost gone, and you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. Just a little aside, Eric, you know you're not getting any more of that uh, Russian vodka. They stopped bringing that in. Just thought I'd let you know that. Anyway, uh, the world's uh, really messed up. And we know that uh, the Bible tells us there are always be wars and rumors of war. So we're definitely seeing that uh, this day and age. Uh, You know, my prayers are for the people there. Uh, You know, there's comments being made that the Russian troops, uh, some of them have, uh, there's doubts in their minds. And that's a good thing. You know, the Lord's working. He's in charge. And we have to remember that. Moving on. We will not forget them, for sure. Um, we're going to look in Isaiah, in Isaiah 40, actually. Um, two verses. And um, the first verse is verse 30. And I'm going to read that, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that, because it's uh, it's kind of interesting. And, and, uh, anyway, it says, uh, <clears throat> Even you grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, is that, uh, what's, uh, what's the writer talking about? He's talking about, uh, you know, oh, you're out there working and you get tired, you get weary, and, you know, it's like, okay, what am I going to do? You know, I think uh, we have to remember that's not um, what he's talking about. It's not talking about a physical uh, thing. Sometimes we, uh, you know, you literally translate the Bible, but to me it's, it's like, when you don't know um, the Lord, it's easy to grow tired and weary facing the things that you do on a daily basis, and then it's easier for you to, to fall and, and be in control of, of um, be controlled by things that aren't good for you. And if you think about that, if you think about your your own life before before you come to know God or, or made a commitment, even when you made a commitment, you know, do you, do you still struggle? Do you have hard times? Do you, do you falter? Do you fall? Do you get tired? It's like, oh, man, I can't do this. You know, it's, it's so easy. To, it's so much easier just to sit back and, and live in the world instead of living, living with God. Have you ever thought about that? You know, have you ever said, well, you know, it's, it's, I'll just do what I need to do and, and not worry about anything else? Why do I, why do I need to get up in the morning and, and uh, get on the computer or go to church or, or listen to somebody preach and try to talk to us about God? Why do I need to do that? It's just so easier to, what, roll over, take a deep breath, and go back to sleep. You, know, you want to do that? Who wanted to do that this morning? Uh, okay, but anyway, so it's easy, right? You know, it's like anything else. If you get used to doing it, then it becomes easier. If you struggle doing it, it never will become easy. But that's a good thing, you know, because you know, getting up and coming to the virtual church. If that's a struggle, then you know that Satan's fighting you. He doesn't want you to do that. So if you're struggling with that. You know that you're doing what God wants you to do, okay? So you know, so it it does. You know, you become tired, become weary of it. You know, it's like, um, you know, uh, 
anybody that has an addiction, as, as I well know, sometimes it's easier just to go, you know, I don't need to fight this anymore. I'm just going to do what I want to do, and it'll be okay. But, you know, we have to do what God wants us to do because, you know, the thing is this. If, if you read further in, in uh, Isaiah 40, verse 31, says, but those who, what? Who hope in the Lord will, will renew their strength and they will soar like on uh, wings of eagles and they will um, and they will not grow weary and they will walk and not faint. So yeah, so the thing is just, you know, if you keep going, you know, God's going to lift you up. He's going to take care of you. He's going to provide for you. You know, and you won't be tired of it. You'll be stronger. You'll be, you know, greater than you were before. And that's something we have to think about. You know, how great do you want to be? When you walk with the Lord, when you're with the Lord, you're going to have new strength. You're going to renew yourself. It's just not once a month, once a year. You're going to renew yourself every day, continuously. And we have to thank God for that. You know, he's going to give us the strength that we need to fight those urges to roll or go back to sleep, to fight those urges, maybe to pick up that bottle or pop that pill or, or, or grab that extra donut. You know, whatever it is that you struggle with, if you believe and give your hope in the Lord, he's going to give you the strength that you need to what? Sort of like an eagle, to be, to be as strong as you need to be. Yeah. And then even now, with uh, things that are going on in the world, you know, we should uh, we should take more time. We should pray. You know, sometimes when I'm in my prayer closet and praying, you know, something will happen and I'll, I'll be like, okay, I need to get back where I was. I need not to be distracted. You know, it's easy to become distracted when what? When you're talking to the Lord. Because Satan doesn't want you to do that. He doesn't want you to have that conversation. He doesn't want you to ask the Lord. He doesn't want you to rededicate over yourself. He doesn't want you to praise God. He wants you to be distracted. He wants you to, you know, think about other things that are going on. You know, but, you know, if if you stay strong and, and believe in what you believe in and understand that God is going to be with you, he's going to take care of you, he's going to keep renewing you, he's going to keep revitalizing your your faith, you know, that, that's a good thing. You know, you, you'll never never get tired. You'll never get weary. You'll just keep going on and on. You know, I, I look at uh, some things that, uh, you know, you do when, when you, uh, or, uh, you know, when you're young and you think that, uh, you know, you're invincible, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I can, I can, Run forever. I can climb forever. I can, you know, uh, whatever. You know, nothing will bother me. I, you know, I'm okay. I can, I can fight my way out of any, any situation. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but as we grow older, we know that's not always true. You know, you can't run forever. You can't fight your way out of every situation. It doesn't have to be a physical fight. It could be a mental fight. You know, and sometimes those are a lot worse than a physical. Right? Because they go on and on and on. And because a physical fight only lasts a second or a minute. But our mental fights continue. We have a mental fight every day. 
fighting with the evil one. And we have to remember that we have to renew ourselves every day, renew ourselves so that God can strengthen us and give us the strength that we need to face whatever situation we're in and how we can get out of it. So this week when we're taking time to, to be in conversation with God, you know, and we're starting to pray and ask Him for guidance or ask Him to protect those that are in harm's way or protect those that may be in harm's way. You know, we, we don't know what's going to happen, but God does. We have to understand that He He's the ultimate. He's the one that's going to take care of it. You know, he's the one that led the uh, you know, uh, Israelites through the Red Sea. He's the one that you know, gave us the Ten Commandments. And he's the one that gave us what? His son. That we would have everlasting life. That he would die on a cross for us. He would shed his blood for us. You know, the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. You know, he did for us. That we may we may one day soar, soar like an eagle, be strong and be courageous, face whatever we have to face, but face it with, face it with the hope that God gives us, face it with the courage that God gives us, and you know, we will, we will prevail, we will come out of it, you know, God guarantees a lot of things, but the most important thing he guarantees us that if we love him with all our heart, all our mind, and all our soul, he'll give us eternal life. And nothing can, nothing, nothing can compare to that. Amen. Amen. God bless. Okay, that's all right. Well, good morning again to all of your fine friends. Um, that was a beautiful conversation by Brother Dennis. We, he always loved to hear him and his, uh, I like to call them evangelism uh, messages, if you will. And then Mama Bell over there, we shall overcome. That was a beautiful piece that uh, to conclude our uh, celebration of African American history in this year, 2022. Well, Mama Bell, heading into this week, I would like to let everybody know Mama Bell can prepare herself because you know she she's going to play and all those different things. But um, Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, and. Uh, I have something I want you to do. I would like for you between now and Wednesday to get you a piece of paper. I'm going to do it too. My grandmama told me to do something. But what she told me to do, I'm going to do the opposite of what she told me to do. Because you know that's what you do. Your mama tell you to do something, you go do the opposite. On that piece of paper, I would like for you to write every frustration. You don't have to write long sentences. Just write daughter, son, wife, crazy dog. Everything that bothers you. Get down to the white meat. Get down to the stuff to make you cry. 
I would like for you to write all those things down. And then once you write them down, between now and Wednesday, Tuesday can be your mad day. They call that Fat Tuesday. Yeah, eat all you can, Dad. Eat all you can, cuss all you want, and get mad all you need to. And the reason why is because Wednesday we're going to burn every last one of them. All of our hurts and frustrations, you're going to burn it all, and that will be your ashes heading into the celebration of Easter. So I want you to consider that. If you don't can't play with the fire, don't go over there and do nothing. We don't want we don't want the house burned down because we don't want to, we don't want you ashes. So you know that may be something for you to consider. But that's on Tuesday. We're going to have a uh, excuse me on Wednesday. We're going to have a a special Ash Wednesday celebration and prayer time. And so if you can join us, tell a friend, be a friend, and call on in on Wednesday for that special event. And also to put on your calendar, April 9. I know that's some time out, but I would like to make sure that I start drilling it in so you won't book nothing. We're going to head back out to the trail and start walking on April 9 at 9 a.m. So get your walking shoes and and prepare to head on out to walk with us. Rebuke the rain and devours of, of the weather. That gives you some time to unite against that as well. So those are the two events that I want to share with you right now that are definitely on the calendar. We have some other things that's going to come up, but uh, we want to get those out there and make sure, like I said, that you are prepared. Well, before the bald-headed preacher comes and prays for us, we want to read about the beautiful feet from Romans 10 and 15. It says, how beauteous are their feet who stand on Zion's hill, who bring salvation on their tongues and words of peace reveal. How charming is their voice. How sweet the tidings are. Zion beholds thy Savior King, he reigns in triumphs here. Happy are our ears that hear this joyful sound, which kings and prophets waited for and sought but never found. How blessed are our eyes that see this heavenly light. Prophets and kings desire it long, but died without the sight. The watchmen join their voice and tuneful notes employ. Jerusalem breaks forth in song and deserts learn the joy. The Lord makes bare his arms 
though all the earth abroad. Let all the nations now behold their Savior and their God. Pass. Most gracious God, our Father, we honor you, we praise you, we give your name the glory. We love you, Lord. We honor you for being our God. And it's in you that we put our trust. You are the great I am. You are Alpha and Omega. You're the beginning and the end. Yeah. You are the road of the chair and you're the lid of the valley and you're the bright and morning star. Hallelujah. You're the wheel in the middle of the wheel. Oh, you're Mary's little baby, and you're God's only son. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Yes. You're the presence of your Holy Spirit that you distribute to everyone who receives you. We thank you, Lord, not for the birth of life and the death, death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, we honor you for the finished work of the cross, and we thank you, Lord God, as your children. We are now partakers of your family, and we are ambassadors, and we are children of the Most High. We thank you for the position and the place that you have placed us in the earth. And we thank you, Lord God, for abiding in our heart. Thank you for knowing us, knowing me, knowing everyone for who they are, knowing the sincerity of our heart. And God, as we come this morning, we worship you, we praise you. And we also say, Lord, if there's anything in our heart and anything that we've done that is unworthy, it wasn't right. And Father, we ask you for forgiveness if we sinned against you or sinned against our brother. We come and you said that we confess these things to you, that you're willing and you're faithful and you will forgive us. God, we know we haven't crossed every T, we haven't dotted every I, we have fallen short. And Lord God, as humans and as who you are, we thank you for your grace and mercy that looks upon upon us and gives it to us as we need it. And we thank you, Lord. And Lord God, we thank you for all that you've done. God, you're such a great God. You woke us up this morning, you clothed us in our right mind, you gave us activities of our limbs. It is because of you we live, we move, and we have our being, and we praise you for that. We thank you, Lord God, for a reasonable portion of our health and strength. There are some things that may be aching in our bodies and things that we are dealing with, Father, but we thank you for life, ability to open up our eyelids and be be able to see, Lord God, to be able to hear, to be able to take a fork from the plate and place the food on the fork and bring it to our mouths and we we are able to chew it and digest it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you, Lord God, for these you. hearts work. You know, this uh, being in rhythm, our hearts being in rhythm, Lord God, and pumping that blood through our bodies, and we thank you for oh, that. Thank you. 
Oh, Father, we thank you for those kidneys and those livers and, Lord, all the functionalities of our bodies. Hallelujah. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, for them operating in the perfection that you created them to function. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because we walk in divine health. And there's anything anywhere in our bodies lying dormant. Or it may be some things that we do know about. Father, that I'm supposed to be there is trespassing. Lord God, we're asking you to heal and take it away in Jesus' name. Father, you're the best surgeon that we know, Lord. Yes, there is no are. man on earth, Lord God, that has gained any notoriety in the land, in the earth, Lord God, that has your track record. Hey, glory to God. I said no other God can claim what you you do, Lord. There is no other person can claim what you do. Okay. You are God and you are God almighty. You are all sufficient, God. Hallelujah. That's why we look to you as the author and the finisher of our faith. And we thank you, Lord God. Touch my mamas. Touch my mamas, Lord God. Touch and touch every last one of them that is at this service and attending this service this morning. Touch them where they are, Lord God. Touch them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet, Lord. God, give back strength to muscles and give back strength to bones, Lord God. Open up the passageways of those arteries and those veins, Lord God. Give strength, Lord God, to the organs of their bodies, Lord. Give them back youthful days, Lord God. Let them be like Caleb, Lord God said. I once was old. I'm 80, and I'm just as strong as I was when I was 40. God, restore this. Renew it in Jesus' name. Oh, God, they've been faithful to you, Lord God. And they're here, Lord God. And even even sometimes our minds try to tell us that we're bad and, and you don't love us and we're being punished. The devil is a lie. That's not the God we serve. You're a loving God. You're a kind God. And God, we're asking you to be kind to your people. Oh, Father, we thank you, Lord. And Father God, as we pray, Lord God, there's been many petitions, Lord, down to the years we have brought to you, Lord God. I remember in the 70s and the 80s when they was trying to divide the schools and, and how men and women was anointed, Lord God, to stand up before uh, the, the committees and those who was trying to redistrict the, the school boards and the school districts and, and busing was a thing. And, and Lord God, I pray, God, that you are God that knows best. And we pray, Lord God, and we join our forces together, Lord God, and we stand in agreement, Lord God, that there is something that needs to be done. We pray, Lord God, that you will intervene, that you will touch hearts. God, you will place the right persons and and teams of people that will stand up and be able to fight for the things and the needs of people everywhere, that no one will be left out and left behind. And, Father, as we maneuver and as we come to, I believe that we're coming out of of, of the things of, of running and, and masking and, and still may have to mask for a long time. But, Father, as we, as Pastor Eric said this morning, discover the new normal, we pray, Lord God, that none of our children will be left behind. 
that they would not be left in the dark, that they would not be left uneducated, that they would not be left un, uh, un, uh, just out there for left for the world. But we pray, Lord God, that you will intervene and open up the minds and understanding and innovative thoughts and innovative ideas that will bring forth a excellence in our community with our children, that they will not be left behind. God, I pray, God, that you will stir hearts and touch hearts. People that have adverses ideas, their own ideas and their own agenda. Lord God, if it's not going to help our children, we believe that you will interrupt that and put people and things in place that will help us. And that's why we're praying this morning. We pray, Lord God, for our sons and daughters that have, have joined the military to protect and to serve this country. We pray, Lord God, that there's conflict in Ukraine. And, and, Lord God, there's conflict in our backyards. There's conflicts in our cities. There's conflicts in our nations. Conflicts everywhere. Wars everywhere. Black against white. Men against women. Women against women. Boys against men. Lord God, just wars everywhere. The enemy has not, has not, uh, 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 Combined his 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 resources to a remote area, the hell hounds are all over, and we pray, Lord God, for intervention, Lord God, that you may move, that your hand of providence may move, and and get into these situations, Lord God, it calls for change, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord God. This month has been the month, Lord God, of, of learning of history of people, Lord God, that have given great contributions to this nation and to this world. And we pray, Lord God, that those things that, that even that they done would never go dormant, would never go, Lord God, uh, unspoken of. And I pray, God, that the discovery and the learning will continue to move on as we are enlightened and encouraged by those who uh, have done great things and the cause for us to have a better life now because of the things that they have contributed to this earth. But it was by your death and your power that did that. And, Father, we just thank you for that, Lord God. And we just pray, Lord God, that you will continue to touch the hearts. Oh, love, my, hey, love, love, love. For God, you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten Son that who shall believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So, God, we thank you for that life and that love that you have given to us now that we may distribute it, not among, just not amongst between us Christians or our love towards you, but even to our frenemies. And, God, we thank you for that. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now, as you have come and you have prayed with me, there are some things that's on your heart that you have that you won't talk to the Lord about. Let's talk to the Lord. You talk to the Lord. Come on, let's talk to
Now, Lord, bless this service. Bless the man of God as he comes to bring forth the word today. We pray that you will use him for your glory. In Jesus' name. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Without him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. Oh, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Without him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. Amen. Amen. Jesus is the way. Hallelujah. Chapter 5 Amos Chapter 14 Amos is down there Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Jose Joe, Amos. Over there. Be gone too far. Yep. Amos 5. Amos 5. Yeah. Amos 5, chapter 14, says, Pursue good and not evil. So that you may live. And the Lord, the God of the armies, will be with you. As you have claimed. Fifteen, hate evil. Love good. Establish justice at the city gate. Down to verse 23, it says, Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your hearts. But let justice flow like water and righteousness like an unfailing stream. I want to talk to you very briefly on this last Sunday in Black History Month for this installment of our life from the subject, the Church of Justice. The Church of Justice. And all those in agreement with the word respond with a howdy, amen. Confused. That's almost sounds like a broken record in these moments because I spend a lot of my time confused. I've been confused because I've been struggling with why. Uh, Mama Bell, I spent some time 
around about 20, 10, 11. Pastor Booth, you might be able to help me out with dates there. We don't need to do it, but somewhere along the line, you can ease my my pain. We were around about the end, Mark, you and I, when we got together. I spent some time in what I like to call my proverbial wilderness. I left church. I locked myself away in the basement of the home by which I took up residence, and I stayed down there for almost five years. I was in a purging moment. The reason why I was in this purging moment is because I was confused. I'd been in church all my life. I was born in the church. There was many who would argue that my funeral would uh, have uh, this. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how I want to say it. Basically, let me not just go. Let me go straight for the kill. There's some folk who believe I'm going to die. Some folk believe I'm going to die sooner than others. It's a whole other conversation for a whole other day. <clears throat> There's some folk, and if those folk got in that cough, I rebuke you. There's some folk who believe that I'm going to die with a Bible in one hand and a chicken bone in the other. Amen. I ain't asked you to agree with me. <laughs> This is a Presbyterian church. You don't agree with the preacher. <laughs> you said it. Oh, the eyes of the Lord God are upon the sinful kingdom. But there was a time, my dear Mama Brickhouse, when I needed a break. Because I believe everyone meets the road where what they have heard has to discuss, has to have a conversation with what they believe. Uh, One of the fears that I have as we find ourselves in the Christian faith is that there's a whole lot of folks operating off of what they heard. And many cannot really attest to what they believe. When you hang around church long enough, you you become accustomed to the ideas of it. You become accustomed to the ways of it. Very few people, I believe, with all my heart and soul, you put my head on the chop block and, and I still believe it, have never come face to face with their own belief system. You can't make me die them. I know too much about them. Of course you can't because that's been drilled into your brain for so long. But do you really know the God by which you serve? And I'm talking about the God that steps outside of our parameters, the God that steps outside of our box, the God that hung out with drug dealers and prostitutes. Do you really know that God? And is church just a formality 
or does it have a different meaning? When you really come to terms and sit down and have a heart-to-heart, a come-to-Jesus meeting, if you will, you find yourself questioning things. And I'm not upset with you or anyone else who has not had this meeting because if you grew up in the same environment that I grew up in, you weren't allowed to question. God said it, that settled it, and that's the end of it. We had this dogmatic attitude that didn't allow you to think and process and really go and get down into the nitty-gritty. I took that case. I love my dear granny, and I think that she took a lot of abuse for it. She's not going to tell me who talked about me. This folks talked about me, Mama Brickhouse. Okay. Grandmama got that old boy sitting in his house, won't go to no church. How you going out here going to church? Got that boy sitting down there, he ain't going to no church. They talked about me like trailer trash. I know they did. But I had to find it. I had a conversation with God, Mama Brickhouse, and I told God, I said, I need to know this thing that I believe. Is it just what I have heard or is there more to it? And I had to ask the question, why do I go to this church? Church had many meanings to me. Over in the book of Acts, church was a community center where the people came. And and if you think about the time that we're living in now with this COVID, it's, it's very interesting, especially our more New Testament style churches who are having feeling some type of way because the governor, as they like to say, shut their church down. But if you think about it, The original church did not have buildings in the New Testament. There's only three times Jesus went in the church. The first time they kicked him out. The second time he kicked him out. The third time he burned it down. So Jesus didn't get along with churches. But what is the church? In my confusion. As I said in Acts, it was a community center. Matthew recognized it as a command post. The central command post between the mortal and the immortal. My house shall be a house of prayer. Then Malachi saw it as a storage shed. Bring your tithes and offerings into the storehouse that there might be meat in my house. It was the home of repentance and the gateway of redemption. Then how about it being the halfway house for the fallen? You remember the story of the man good fella who found a brother just down on his luck in the middle of the road, and he dropped him by a little inn, left him there to get well. And once he got well, it became an old-fashioned home for testimony service. You recall 
Peter and John healed the man, and he ran into the church and just started testimony service. The church has taken on many ideals and many identities, which brought me to the conclusion or to another question, should I say, maybe it's not just one thing, maybe it has many meanings. This place called church. I rebuke that dog up there in the name of the Lord. It worked. Shut up. Then I thought about it. I thought about it. It said over there, book of Exodus and then somewhere else in Leviticus and then we find it again in New Testament word for word. There's not too many places in the Bible where you find the same thing word for word. So when you find it mentioned multiple times in the Bible, it means something. I've had this conversation, especially around here, on many of occasions. The argument is that if everything that was in the Bible or that needed to be there was there, there would not we could not have libraries could not hold all the information that is needed to be in the Bible. And so since there was only selected items that was put there, important items that was put there It makes sense to me that if something was put there twice, if you took up precious room to do something twice, that means that repetition was needed. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind. And the second is as great as the first. Now, if you'll excuse me, I just... I have to take a pause because I remember that I just omitted something. As I just stated, it's, it's bad enough or it's very interesting when you have this book, this sacred book that, that has various texts, the only the important pieces of business that is here, and then you look at it, this piece of business that I just mentioned was there twice, but I forgot it was there three times. And now precious cargo space. You ever been on a trip? You go on a trip and you're looking because, especially those of you who do planes, I don't know if there's anybody around here, or you might have done planes back in your young days. You go on a trip, you realize that you only got a carry-on and a, and a luggage package. You only take about two bags. And so, so when you're thinking about how you're going to pack, you have to make sure that you're packing the essentials. You don't take too much because you know you only got so much room. The only reason why you're going to put three toothbrushes in your bag is because it's important. Just like that, the only reason why three times this verse is mentioned in its exactness is because it must be important. Most folks love to go into the Ten Commandments. They love to take all 66 books of the Bible and go through and pick stuff out and 
and use it to uh, fuel our discussions. But I just want to know one thing. Just maybe. And I know that I spent my time in confusion. You know, I backslidded sometime. At least somebody said I did. I don't know who it was. I don't really care at this point. But in my time of backsliding, if you will, I read one piece of business that made sense to me, and that one piece of business was the central piece of business. The other nine wouldn't matter. As a matter of fact, if that one piece of business was taken into consideration and followed to the T, then the whole other 66 wouldn't matter. The whole book is worthless to me apart from one piece of business. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy mind. And the second is as great as the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. As you love yourself. Now that opens a whole other can of worms, and I'm glad I got some time to discuss before Mama Bell cuts me off for her banana biscuit breakfast. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. We didn't beat that to a drum, but if I can sit here for a minute because this is where a lot of my confusion started. If you ever been down to our church, I'm talking about black folks' church. As a matter of fact, I had a conversation with someone yesterday, and we were talking, and I said, you know, that track, known as the rail line, that segregated system pinned us between two extremes in some instances. And I'm not going to sit here because the one thing that I have learned, at least in my young life, is that you can't pin all white folks on one side and all black folks on the other. We all crazy. And all of us being crazy makes us uniquely crazy which means our crazy ain't sane. Our crazy ain't mutually exclusive. Some folk like pig feet. I think that's real crazy. But when I think about the line of separation for the most part, on each side of those extremes sit an ideal set of circumstances or ideal system, if you will. On the white side of town, the church is more mission-driven. It spends the majority of its time focusing on how you help others, how you love your neighbor as you love yourself. But the problem on that side of town is because it spends more time being selfless, there is no time for self-care. So many of those people wander into depression. 
They wander into emotional distress. They have struggles at their homes, and when that comes up, they call for the counselor or they send you to a private meeting. Join this community group because the pastor does not have time to deal with your personal problems and your personal welfare. He's busy trying to go out and win communities. He's an evangelistic pastor. That's on that side of town. On this side of town is more selfish. Pastor get up and mostly preach to the individual. He reminds you that you've got a husband at home that you want to slap and a daughter that you want to drown, and if you just hold on to the faith, Everything's going to be all right. But the problem on our side of town is, I'm talking about black folks now, is that we spend so much time in self-care that we have very little time for community welfare. So we caught between those two extremes we are. And then I process something else. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind. And the second is as great as the first. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Wait a minute. Oh, I just found problem number two. The ability to love yourself, the ability to care about yourself, to take time for yourself, to heal yourself. How many spend so much time giving to others that you don't? Take time to give to yourself. People call you all hours of the night. They hold you up all hours of the day. They on the phone with you yapping and telling all of their business and and keeping you burdened and boggled all day long, and you don't have time to sit down and deal with yourself. Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself and David encouraged himself. There's got to be time to take care of yourself. And I realized something because I had some problems, you see, Mama Bell. I ran into some struggles, you see, Mama Brickhouse, because I was upset with how people was treating me. I was upset with how people was talking to me. I was upset with how people felt about me. But the problem that I learned, Mama Bell and Mama Brickhouse, is that how can they love me when they haven't first learn how to love themselves. Of course I'm stupid because you think you're stupid. 
Of course I'm crazy because you call yourself crazy. I had to learn that lesson. My grandmama used to say something about a particular person, and it, it made me mad because I felt like every time I went to her, she was defending. You were justifying. But I had to listen one day to what my grandma was saying, and my grandma looked at me, she said, just listen to it. Just listen. They can't give you more than they got themselves. So I feel it's important that we take time for self-care because we cannot have a universal community of strength if we don't have an individual identity. You can't love me until you first love you. You can't see the best in me until you first see the best in you. You can't believe in me until you first believe in you. I've got power that you can't see. God is living inside me. I can fight any enemy because God and me are a majority. First, believe in yourself. And let me get back here. Mm-hmm. I want to make a U-turn here at this corner if I can. I left a piece of business back there that was interesting. Because my dear Mama Bell, when I heard growing up in the church, it was one of the call to worships, if you will. I was glad when they said unto me, Come, let us go into the house of the Lord. Well, I went to that house, Mama Bell, that house that David spoke of. And I was confused because I spent time looking around. I looked around that house that he called the Lord's and there was some things missing. Mama Bell, I didn't see those stained glass windows. This might offend you, Mama Bell, and I'm sorry, but I didn't see a pipe organ. There was no grand piano. I didn't see a pulpit with three chairs, the center one being the most for the preacher to look pretty. I didn't see any carpet that was supposed to be symbolic of the bloodstained banner. I didn't see. I didn't see any offering chairs and, and pews and the table that you go and collect the money. Well, I did see the commodity table. That was over there in the corner. I did see that. I ain't never seen a church without a money table. Might be a barn with two horses in a stable, but I saw the money table. Money table is always there. But I looked around, and I noticed something. I was in a butcher shop, 
Because, you see, back then when they went to the temple, it wasn't to look pretty. They didn't go there to have a good Sunday time to listen to the spirituals being played by the piano maestro. They didn't go there to hear the preacher eloquently deliver the words. No, they went with pigeons and dogs and goats. They went to present their sacrifice. And if they wanted redemption, they had to go with something that offered up to symbolize the repentance by which they needed and so they sent their offering. I was glad when they said, I can go. I've messed up, you see. I've had some struggles, you see. I have lived in a pit. We've all have been born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And because of that, every time I get the opportunity to go to confess my sins to the Lord and give, in return, he the opportunity for redemption, I was glad. when they said unto me. And so they went with their goats. But even that was selective. It was classist, if you will, because only those persons who were of status had a privilege. If you didn't have land, that means you didn't have goats in your backyard. You didn't have any type of lambs or sheep. So the poor folks had to go out in the woods and they had to find a way to trap a pigeon or a turtle dove and use that as an offering to the Lord. When the doors began to open, it had to be fresh so it's not like they could keep it on reserve, they couldn't hoard it, if you will. You know how some of us do. I'm gonna put this aside because I might, and this might come up. It ain't gonna never come up, but it might come up. If I got this this pen here, I might this pen might work on something. I know I'm gonna buy a whole set when I get one, but but this pen, just in case the thing break, I have this pen here. If it break, I'm gonna go buy a whole another thing because God gonna get why he gonna give me one pen. But just in case. So they couldn't hoard it. They couldn't leave the pigeon lying around. So somewhere between the time that the doors opened and closing time, they had to go out, the poor man did, and he had to find his offering because that was the only way he was going to get an opportunity at redemption. That was church. Then I thought as I hastened to my close or my time today, closing today, I thought about back in the 60s. I know I'm in history book time, don't you? Some of y'all lived this. And I thought about how when you read back in the 60s, that the opportunities was excluded from certain members of society. You could not go to the libraries. You were not allowed to have your civic league meetings and the structures that you have. Now you can go 
to the community center. You can go to the school. You can go to the recreation hall and the bingo halls. But back then, all the option you had was the house of God. So the church became the cornerstone, the pillar. It was the spiritual, educational, and social house. Everything you needed was in church. If you was hungry, come to church. If you was naked, come to church. If you was broke, come to church. If you was hurt, come to church. If you was running, come to church. If you was stable, come to church. If you was stupid, come to church. The people came to church. But somewhere along the line, some folk got sedate and sedated, pompous and pious. They begin to rise up the ladder of status. And now, in some instances, they spend their time focusing on how do we build great cathedrals that enhance our ministry name? How do we build our spiritual stock? our brand, if you will. And so they go in and they sing songs that enhance the brand but do nothing to empower the people. And that's where I believe we find ourselves in the text. I don't want to hear your songs. I don't want to hear your organs. You can take your hands off them keys. But I'm going to tell you what you can do. What you can do is you can go out there in them streets and you can load up your trucks and you can put a label on it and market Ukraine and send some food in those directions. What you can do is you can go out there and find out what is going on over there in the city of Hampton as it pertains to that young four-year-old they still can't find. What you can do is you can go out there and figure out how to make sure that even in this city as we're struggling with school closures, and people being redirected and rebuffed and gentrified and trying to be moved out of their communities because we got to make room for our socially high-class people, which you can do. Is get up off your pew and go out there and make sure that justice rolls. What you can do is cry loud and spare night. What you can do is make sure that every man, woman, boy, and girl know not just of a salvation that is secondary to their needs, but a salvation that is essential for their needs. What you can do is not turn a blind eye to the struggles of the people. But go full force into the world preaching the gospel, the good news that Christ can come and save not only your soul, but he can heal your broken hearted. I came 
not only to sell, but to bring sight to the blind, to feed the hungry, to set the captives free. That word captive is a very loaded statement. Captivity is not just about folks being down at the Peabody's shaking their behinds while drinking a glasses for God. That's not, that's not, that's not just the captive. As a matter of fact, I would like to present the argument to you that the drinking is not the cause, it's the effect. There's something driving the drinking. Nobody wants to be a drunk. Something makes them a drunk. Nobody wants to be a pothead. Something makes them a pothead. If I'm high, I don't have to feel. If I'm drunk, I don't have to know. If I'm having sex, at least there's some pleasure to my life. Something that makes me feel good. Regardless of all the struggle and nightmares that I go through. And so when I see church, I see it as a service center. Malachi, as I said, said it best. It's a storehouse. Bring your offerings. I'm not just talking about your money. Bring your resources. Bring your skills. Bring your gifts. Some of you bake cakes, we hungry. Some of you sew good clothing, we are naked. Some of you know how to go and dig into the earth and make little herbs that can heal our wounds. We're aching. Some of you know how to take 50 cents and turn it into a dollar. We broke. Bring your gifts into the storehouse, and then when you bring it in, when you bring it in, then let justice, let justice flow like water, and righteousness like an unfailing stream. You know what an unfailing stream is? It's like you turn the faucet on and never turn it off. Just let it keep running. That is the church that I believe we are called to be a part of. Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring, ring with the harmony of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies. Let it resound loud. My dear grandmother.
Deuteronomy 4, only take heed to yourself and keep thy soul diligent. But he said again in Deuteronomy 4, 23, take heed unto yourself, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he has made with you. Most holy and all wise, Father, as we come this morning, we ask you, dear God, to help us to read your word and take heed to what you have told us. God, you know every situation. You know every problem. You know all about us. And God, we come this morning as empty pitchers to a full fountain, asking you to fill us up as we look at ourselves and see where we are. We're asking you, O oh God, to bless us this morning. Minister to us, God. Help us not to forget where you have brought us from. Help us not to forget where you are taking us to. Help us not to forget it's all about you. You, O oh God, has been our source. You have been our healer. You have been, been our shelter. You have been everything that we need. And God, help us to remember to always give you thanks for all things. Oh, God, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for health and strength. We thank you, oh, God, for being with us. Help us to remember the word has come forth. Let that word be hid in our hearts, God, that we may not sin against you, nor we will forget what you have told us to do. We just thank you this morning, God. We praise you. We magnify your name, God. And, oh, merciful Father, have your way. Have your way, oh, God. Have your way. Oh, God, we need you this morning. And we just said thank you. We thank you for being here for us. We thank you, dear God, for all things, God. Because you said in all things, give you thanks. And so we saying thank you. I don't understand all things, but we saying thank you. Because we know that you are in here with us. And we just praise you this morning. And, oh, God, have thine own way. And, oh, God, we just thank you. Bless the leader. Bless him, oh, God. Help him, oh, God, to go forth as he teach that word, God. We give him thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Have a great week. God bless everyone. Take care.